Good afternoon, everyone. It's Allie Corman, Ed Carson here with a look at the stock market for Friday, April 14th. And this week we saw a volatile market, but one that was resilient, Ed. It was resilient. Ultimately, the major indexes rose for the week. Uh, it was a wild little ride getting there. Uh, I want to take a look at three stocks uh, that, are, that are looking pretty interesting, Netflix, Tesla, and Lululemon. All right, we'll get to those stocks. But first, let's take a look at the major indexes. The Nasdaq today finishing down some four-tenths of a percent. Same for the Dow, the S&P 500 down two-tenths of a percent today. The hardest hit was the Russell 2000 on pace for a 1% decline heading into the close. And it was really underneath the surface, Ed, that we saw a lot of the volatility this week. But where we ended up closing for the NASDAQ and the S&P 500 was pretty tight when you are looking at the last uh, couple of weeks of action. Yeah, so we ended up uh, positive here. It's like uh, some big moves. The NASDAQ fell four days this week and had one really big day uh, that, you know, and yet it was it didn't really move much for the week. So it was pretty, it, that's sort of unusual. I think it was like a 0.3% gain for the week and on a weekly chart. It de facto had a what would we would call we don't do this for indexes, but it is a that would be what would we consult a three weeks tight. It's going to look a lot like Lululemon, which we'll look at later in that regard uh, within the base in that sort. So it's just been tricky. It's been tricky to play, you know, because uh, stocks if you buy them on strength and they come back down, do you shake? Do you get shaken out? Do you move up? Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of cross currents. Earnings are coming in. We now have recession fears, but inflation is coming down. The Fed is still on track to raise rates one more time. So a lot of different things for markets to uh, to interpret. It's 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 nice that you know you could easily have seen the market sell off on the combination of recession plus rate hike. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but so the fact that we we ended higher is is positive. But there there were it was difficult to trade. I think this week. Yes. Uh, and that has been the challenge, right? Do we do we try to buy strength or do we wait for the next pullback? But if we get a pullback, is does that mean that market conditions have deteriorated? So we're, we're kind of at, at that gray area where we are in a confirmed uptrend. We do have a power trend still. We're holding above the 21-day line, uh, definitely for the NASDAQ here. But uh, like you said, a lot of cross currents for investors to uh, digest and interpret right now. We also want to take a look at the S&P 500, notched its highest level for the week and in a couple of months, intraday on Friday, but it did back off by the end of the day. And here's a look at the weekly chart here. So three weeks of tight action for the S&P 500, but again, finishing at its highest levels since uh, around mid-February. Yeah, and never really got underneath the 10-day line, which is pretty strong. You know, that's that's a pretty, not, not too hard to get below the 10-day. So held that, as you pointed out a couple of days ago, we're not that far from hitting, you know, new highs for the year. We're not that high, far from actually still going below and undercutting the 50-day lines. So we're still in this range. You could you could easily see the scenario change. And I think just investors don't want to get too bullish or bearish on any little swing up and down. And, uh, you know, we'll get to it more. But I think gradual action on a daily basis is, is probably the way to go so you don't get caught out uh, with these riptides. Yes. And now let's take a look at the Dow, zero DJIA, clearing the 34,000 level on Thursday, backing off 
a little bit on Friday, but that does seem like that's that's the area for the Dow to get above. But if you look at where it was just a couple of weeks ago, it's made a lot of progress. Yeah, it has. And uh, four straight weekly gains. So, you know, pretty good action on the Dow all in all. When you think about, oh, there's all this volatility, it's like, look on the Dow, it's like, oh, the, all it is is going up. So uh, that's that's pretty positive in that regard. We'll take it. And now let's take a look at SMH. This is the chip sector ETF that's widely followed down about one-tenth of a percent on the day and the week. Um, and this is something interesting, I think, because we've seen a lot of chip stocks really going on strong moves this year. Maybe now we're seeing a little bit of rotation. Uh, the chip sector at large has been underperforming the market for a couple of weeks now. But is this uh, the time to actually be paying attention to them so that way we don't miss the actionable pullbacks if they start bouncing from here? I mean, you definitely want to be paying attention because the rally needs chips to do well. If you look at this, it looks fine because it's just pulling back after a big run here, you know, and it's holding support around the 21 day, around the 50 day line. It's just been tricky because if you've been buying on strength in the last couple of weeks, it's pulled back. And so that, again, chips, definitely an example here. And there were some stocks that bounced off their 50 day lines today, looked actionable, and then they sort of faded, uh, yeah. you know, certainly during the day. So it, it's tricky. It's it, again, it's like this volatile things. In hindsight, it'll look obvious. In hindsight, some of these names will, will will surge up or will break down. In hindsight, it'll look obvious. It does not look obvious right now. Right. Uh, it just it seems like for some investors, the tendency is to, and rightfully so in many cases, to follow where the leadership is going or where the this week's relative strength is. But uh, you know, the second that your your attention gets pulled this way then uh, you know some of those uh, actionable opportunities might might pass us by for for some early entries but we'll we'll have to see there's so many factors involved with that we also want to take a look at the 10 year treasury yield which is 0 tnx getting back above the 200 day line and the 21 day line and that 3.5% mark is this good is it worrisome how should we be interpreting the action it, it is odd to see because we have recession fears and the 10-year rising. It's one thing to have the short-term yields rise when the Fed is still raising rates, but you have recession fears and yet this rose. It, there's a lot of cross-currents. Maybe the bond market doesn't really believe what the mar stock market was listening to. Uh, it's probably better to have it rally some just because it was starting to get, if you you know, the market doesn't want a recession either. Uh, and it's just starting to thread the needle of, can we get the Fed to call, you know, to stop? and not have a recession uh, and not have inflation. Uh, the market has sort of been hoping for that kind of sweet spot and you know, it's easy to veer off course. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's also take a look at RSP. This is the equal weighted S&P 500 ETF up about 1.1% for the week. So trading kind of tight around here, hitting a little resistance at a declining 50 day line. So how did we fare this week in terms of those <laughs> mega caps versus elsewhere? I mean, the, the weekly gain was fine and started off the week strong and it never really came threatening to, to break below that. It's just hitting resistance. So you can, it's, it's a glass half full situation. You can uh, really would like to see the broad, you know, in participation. We're starting to see a little bit more market breadth, but it's not really 
carrying forward. I mean, there definitely weren't that many buying opportunities. And I think this is a reflection of that. It wasn't, we rose, but didn't really, didn't really push, push out either. Mm -hmm. And a couple more sector ETFs to take a look at. Here's XME. This is the metals and mining ETF down 1.6% on Friday. So an outsized loss on the day before the week still managed a gain of 2% Ed. Yeah, inside week between moving averages, and there's a lot of diversity in this this uh, this ETF, its holdings. Yes, there really is. And ITB, this is the U.S. Home Construction ETF, a strong weekly gain, posting a gain of about 3.6%. Looking at the daily chart here, I think a number of us were considering a 331 entry to be compelling from a technical perspective. But it was quickly followed by a shakeout. The recovery was quite quick, though. And so it's back at that back at that same level. So maybe this just needed one more shakeout or is this area the next resistance level and it's going to pull back again? Yeah. And that's why it's like you can't there's no real reason to say yes or no to either one of those. I mean, you know, it could be it could be yes to both. Uh, And and but this is also an example. Look, if this does work, sometimes you can get shaken out and it sets up right again. And it's like it provides another opportunity just a few days later. Mm -hmm. And we already looked at SMH. So let's take a look at ARKK. Last one. This is those uh, speculative, more highly valued kind of um, definitely on the speculative growth front. So down nine tenths of a percent on Friday for the week, up six tenths of a percent. One would think that we really need to see the ARC type stocks participate if we are going to see the rally really start rocking and rolling because ARC had a huge month in January and hasn't really done much since. Hasn't done much since. I think this is maybe the second straight inside week for uh, ARC. You know, so it's like, despite the volatility, again, on a weekly basis, it's just sort of strange. And it's, here it is, it rose. It, it, we're close to, you could see a breakout above these moving averages, above that trend line. At the same time, this could be resistance. So there's just, we continue to be in this area where we think we're at a turning point, but that doesn't mean you have to turn right away. And that's sort of where we've been for a while. We're at a turning point, but we still just sort of cruise along. We aren't making that turn yet. Uh, but uh, one may be coming in the near future. Uh, and, and so you could see something decisive either way. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's take a look at Netflix in FLX. This is now working on a cup with handle officially as of this week with some support at the 50 day and 21 day lines, which have converged. So a pretty clear entry here. And I think what is uh, potentially compelling about this one with earnings due next week, seems like you got to wait for that catalyst to happen because those four days include two days over the weekend for this report. But if we were to see a breakout for Netflix on or around this earnings report, theoretically, it wouldn't be too far extended from those very key moving averages that we'd like to take a look at. Yeah, I mean, this is a breakout, but not a a breakout extended. Uh, It's doing a lot of great things. It more than doubled from July to February, and then then it consolidated, but not you know, in a pretty normal fashion. Uh, the the handle, look at that volume. There's just no volume at all in the last few weeks in there. Just, uh, so just that was, you know, really seeing that dry up. Uh, subscribers are always important. You know, that's always an issue. You just, and some, they, you know, Netflix can really move up or down. So definitely want to wait for, 
definitely want to chill before Netflix. It's not Netflix, then chill, chill, then, then let Netflix do its thing uh, before making a decision because uh, mm-hmm. you can really get, unless you're going to an options play. And Ken Shreve, mm-hmm. uh, probably, yeah, I believe, is covering that in his earnings preview, which uh, weekly, weekly call him talking about possible earnings options plays. Great. And I look forward to reading that slightly out of the money call and a reasonable risk one would want to take that trade. Okay, next on our list, let's take a look at Tesla, TSLA, down half a percent on Friday for the week flat. So when the market is you know holding up and, and rising, we see a, you know not a week of outperformance for, for Tesla, but it has doubled off the lows, or at one point it was a double off the lows. It's so it's still working on a base here. It also has earnings next week. So either that's that's going to be a catalyst for some strong gains potentially, or we could see this uh, chart deteriorate and it would look, in my view, more like a shorting opportunity. Yeah, there could be. I mean, I, I you know, this is one that it's got a number of resistance areas. Uh, it has the 50 day line that it's dealing with right now. Uh, it has a, a buy point of 207.89. That's a cup with handle it's on the weekly chart. It's like the a prior buy point failed, you know, but the, but it's there on that. But uh, but a prior one failed. And this one's coming down. Look, uh, and then you have the 200-day line, though. So even though the technically the buy point is 207.89, uh, maybe the place would be either if it breaks above the 50-day line on earnings and there's a little room or you wait for it to get above the 200-day line. It's not ideal to have this base set up because of all those resistance areas. Uh, margins will be key. You know, they're still cutting prices into Q2. So it'll be interesting to see not just earning in margins, but what they say about going forward. Uh, obviously, a lot of this is one that is going to move a lot. You know, obviously, you have huge fans, huge, huge haters. And uh, so you can see this swing around. You could imagine this falling 7% and then rallying to close up 5% on earnings or the opposite. So, uh, you know, definitely take all that into account. Yes, a lot of eyes will be on this one next week. And with where it closed today, it is 13.5% below the 200-day line. And let's see here, 4% below the 50-day line. So yeah, if it went up 4 5%, I'm not sure exactly what the options market is, is pricing in for the move, either up or down. Uh, but if it was at least 4 maybe 5%, then you uh, could have a little bit of room Till you get to that 200 day potential resistance there, as you mentioned, Ed. So all things to consider. And we want to take a look at Lululemon. You mentioned uh, at the top of the show how nice and tight this one is trading. And it's pretty incredible. We were looking at this on IBD Live this morning and looking at a uh, potentially similar historical precedent in Baidu from you know, the, the 2006-2007 time frame, that was a lot of fun. But it really is pretty interesting to see how tight that this got after that explosive move on earnings a couple weeks back. Yeah, you normally expect to see some gyrations, even just even if it's just relatively calm. But to actually be calm after such a big move is is quite surprising, especially with what the market is doing. But I mean, the market ultimately traded fairly tightly these past couple of weeks. And here this one has as well. Uh, there is a handle on a daily chart. You know, the three weeks tight basically is a handle. And so you could use that, you know, breaking out uh, from that as a place to enter. Uh, you know, we're seeing footwear. We're seeing some of these apparel, athletic apparel. Uh, doing relatively well. So this seems like a pretty good area. Uh, 
pretty solid earnings looking ahead, you know, for the next couple of years. And they still have some growth areas, more menswear, some other places. So it's not just the, well, let's see what we can squeeze out of our existing customers. There's still some growth areas. Uh, definitely, definitely one to be uh, watching closely here. Mm -hmm. And usually when we talk about handles, we like to see a shakeout with this we've just gone nice and tight. Obviously there's benefits uh, to both patterns. There's a reason why we look at three weeks tights and we also look at handle shakeouts, but how should traders reconcile the fact that, the, that this is a handle that really isn't shaking anyone out? That is an issue. And uh, the fact that it's a tight, the fact that it's a tight pattern can give you a little bit of solace. Look, I would not mind at all to see this drop three or 4% you know, and then rebound from there or even wait for another, you know, and wait for another week or two, let the 21 day yeah. line catch up. So there's also, especially if the market went sideways, that's another thing. So, uh, you know, that, that is an issue that it's that, but the, like, uh, but I still think you can play it. If this weren't a three weeks tight pattern, I, I'd be a little bit more wary that that gives me a little bit more comfort, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always like a shakeout. I always, always like a shakeout that I'm not part of that. I'm not. Yeah. Now, exactly. I don't want to own the stock when it's doing the shakeout because then I might be the one who gets shaken out. Mm -hmm. Yep, I'm with you, Ed. Okay, well, as we look to wrap up, let's just quickly talk about the battle plan for the week ahead. Clearly, earnings season is now officially underway. So we need to assess our portfolios, right? What stocks do we own? When are they reporting? When are their peers reporting? Even just the the major companies, even if it's not in the same industry group as something that's in your portfolio, it could still impact the market. So therefore, potentially impacting our holdings. Yeah, there's a lot of earnings next week and even more the following week. So a lot of bank earnings and that could have a big big nature for the uh, whole picture. So look, there may be buying opportunities. I mean, the market's right around the highest levels in a few months. We could easily power higher. Could be a lot, but I would still say go in gradually. At times, it's like, no, no, I want to go. There's all these things going. But I think the the, the way the market has acted, uh, especially since February, is that uh, there's been too many pullbacks and too many stocks that haven't worked out so great that you want to, wherever your level of exposure is, you should be looking to maybe gradually expand if the opportunities arise and still looking to maybe take partial profits along the way. Uh, maybe someday that'll change. But uh, right now, I still think sort of you know, the cautious the cautious approach in this market rally still makes a lot of sense. Some great insights there. Thank you so much, Ed. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We hope you all have a great weekend. We'll be back with more next week, kicking things off on Monday with IBD Live, investors.com slash IBD Live for all the details on our daily morning live stream. We're, we'll got you covered. We'll have the latest for you on overall market conditions, stocks we're watching, and so much more. So we'll see you then. And we'll also see you, of course, after the close on Monday. Have a great weekend, everyone. This show is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Any securities and investment strategies discussed may not be suitable for all investors. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making investment decisions.